with Elizabeth in Wisconsin. They're out there meeting that new baby. It's a little emotional. I got it. That baby is a miracle. Man, music got me going, Luke. Oh, here we go. That baby is a miracle, folks. The doctors told them, give up on that kid. Terminate the pregnancy. It's not going to be normal. It's two pounds. It's got problems. People started praying, you know. Boy, I don't know how I get this way. Six pounds, eight ounces. I can pull it back in a hurry, though. Six pounds, eight ounces, right? Praise God, folks. Hey, man. Isabella. Isabella is her name. They're out there meeting Isabella. And I'll tell you, that's one baby I can hardly wait to hold, right? So praise the Lord. I'm glad they're out there. And, uh, you know, by, by the way, those of you who don't know, know me, my name is Greg Burbank. I'm a pastor here at Living Water. Most of the stuff I deal with is uh, operational, administrative. From time to time, when Jerron is not here, I will preach. When this, of course, is one of those times. And, um, you know, Jerron, oh, man, we are so blessed to have him up here preaching because his expository preaching is what the body of Christ needs. We need to take the Bible and, you know, just take chapter by chapter, book by book, and break it down and learn it. And I'm so thankful for the gift that he's got in doing that. And uh, I'm also thankful for the fact that when uh, the few times that I preach, I can get topical, right? And uh, I can kind of pick something that the Lord's got on my heart. So that's what we're going to do here this morning. And uh, I wasn't even going to start with Isabella. That, that got me going pretty good. But, uh, you, you know, I, I, as, I, as I look at those topics and I start thinking about something, maybe that God's working on me, um, it's interesting as I work through that process. But it was, was not hard this time. I don't care if it's among the church. I don't care if it's among the folks that are unchurched and they're out there. I hear people talking about the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm hearing it more and more and more. And, and it, it's amazing as I hear them talk about this particular topic, the varying answers uh, that I get. Some of the different things that these folks, you know, will say. And I thought, man, what does the Bible say about that? You know, and, and so what I want to talk about this morning is hope. It is, I can't believe how much of a topic that is becoming in our culture. And I know we've been through COVID, right? And I know we've got some tough things going on. And, 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 and things are hard out there. And, and people seem to be grasping now more than they ever have. And I thought, well, you know, what is, what is real hope? You know, an eternal, living hope. And the scriptures actually explain that pretty well to us. But I think we, we realize that as we look at some of the folks outside of the church and even in here, there are times we feel really hopeless. All right? And that we have an eternal living hope, but that hope is in Jesus Christ. So here's the key. In all that hopelessness that is out there, folks, we have the answer. We have the only solution. Nobody else, Jesus Christ is the solution to that hopelessness. Anybody outside of Christ is living in hopelessness. And, you know, so we have the answer. The body of Christ, those who believe in Jesus, 
He's given us the task of sharing that hope to the hopeless. And I think it's so important for us, number one this morning, to understand what that living eternal hope looks like, and then what do we do with it? How do we apply that? How do we share it with others? You know, um, we've been through a heck of a process here at, uh, at Living Water over the last several years. And, you know, believe it or not, God, our mission is not to build buildings, right? <laughs> Sometimes we feel like that. It's just been like a fire hose down the throat. We've had so many things going on, right? And different things going on. But our mission, just like it says out here on the wall, it's about changed lives. Our mission is to bring hope to the hopeless. And so when we look at these facilities, when we look at these tools that are around us, guys, we're set up. God has set us up. We are perfectly positioned and ready to go out and start bringing the hope that they are begging for out there. With all the different tools he's given us, all, look, look at this body that's sitting around. You talk about a very unique, diversified body of believers. You know why it works here at Living Water? It's nothing that we're doing. It's what God is doing, right? Different theological backgrounds, you know, different cultures, different races, all the different things that, that make us up. It doesn't matter. Our common thread is Jesus Christ, and he is the answer. He's the answer. He's what the world is begging for. So I think as we go down this avenue of hope, it's going to be really important for us to take a look at what hope really is. Because what, what the world and our, what our valley really needs today, really, if I was to sum it up in Greg words, is we need a lot, 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 lot more of real hope and a lot, 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 lot less of fear, okay? It's rampant out there. I was in the barbershop. Even in the barbershop, they're talking about this. And I was talking to uh, Art the barber about it, and he goes, you know what? I, everybody I look at, they look like zombies. They look like, they look like, they look like deer in the headlights. And he goes, it's getting worse. They're, they're just stunned. They, they don't even know how to react anymore. He goes, it's like, it's like looking at the walking dead. And I thought, how prophetic. Because outside of Christ, that's what you are. That hope that we're talking about, that we have been given the task to share, takes you from hopelessness into hope is our job. We need to be the ones who get that out. So we're going to be talking about that in very different ways today. But the first thing we're going to do is we're going to look at what is real hope? So to do that, um, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Now, obviously, there's a lot of scripture in the Bible on hope. So I picked a couple um, in here and, and some others to go along with it that we're going to be looking at this morning. We're going to be hopping around a little bit in our Bibles. That's okay. That's good. Uh, but one of the main scriptures we're going to look at this morning is in Hebrews chapter 6. Okay? And we're going to start off Hebrews chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. This, this, this eternal living hope. So, so many of the songs this morning, Luke, man, you nailed it. I, it's just, it, 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 it's just, it's unbelievable, guys, the hope that we have. And so we start looking at this, it's, it just really helps us to understand, wow, that is something I need to share. That's the answer, you know. We've got the answer. It, it, it starts with Jesus Christ. It's the only place you can go. All right, so let's look at verses 17 through 19. We'll read those, then we'll come back and look at them a little bit. I'm in the ESV this morning, 6, 17 through 19. So when 
God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. All right, we're not going to get into Melchizedek this morning. Here's the thing to remember there. Luke is going to cover that in full next week, right, Luke? No. I don't think you probably, well, you can if you want to. Here's, here's the thing to remember. Jesus is a high priest forever. He does not come from a fleshly lineage of Levites, okay, of Aaron. He is, comes from a priesthood that is eternal. It is forever. And that is the point the author is trying to make here. So I just wanted to, since that's in there, we need to talk about that real quick. But let's break that down a little bit. You know, he talks about, about this real hope. This is a hope that, guys, it's guaranteed. God has made it with an oath, okay? It is guaranteed and it is promised by God with his very own oath. And this is by God that cannot lie. He cannot, this, this, it is guaranteed. It is sealed in heaven. It is, hold on to this one, it is a sure and steadfast anchor for the soul. All right? It is, that's what it is. Praise God. I mean, oh my gosh, we all go through times where we feel a little beat up. Let me tell you something. That hope is a sure and steadfast anchor for the soul. I mean, it's, it's anchored in. It does not drift. It does not move. It is set. That's the kind of hope we're talking about here, the kind of hope we have and the kind of hope that the world needs. And then listen to this. Boy, you look, you, you start reading, uh, you know, from on verse 20 there. Actually, from verse 19, it talks about the steadfast anchor. It says it enters into the inner place behind the curtain where what? Where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Listen, because of what Jesus has done for us, we now can enter the inner place. Amen. Folks, this is, this is the Holy of Holies. This is where... Before Christ came, the high priest went in there once a year, and he was, he was just hoping he didn't get smoked. I mean, this is in the very presence of God, the creator of the entire universe, where they're going. Once a year he would go in there on the Day of Atonement, and he would offer a sacrifice for the sins of the people. Not anymore. Now, Jesus Christ, who is our hope, and our anchor has gone as a forerunner, and he is sitting at, at the right hand of God. He is in those inner courts, interceding on our behalf. I, I just, when I read that, I go, you got to be kidding me. Really? I, I don't know how you can define hope any better than that. Folks, we can come before the very throne of the holy, holy God of all creation, because in Jesus Christ we are blameless. Because in Jesus Christ, we are holy. 
and spotless. It's because of what Jesus has done. Look, Jesus is the answer. And we can literally go into that holy of holies. You know, that, 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 that is talked a lot about in Scripture. We're, we're already close. Flip over to Hebrews 10. And there's several of them here that talk about this. You know, that it, being an intercessor, being one who pleads for us, being one who advocates for us. Where is he at? He's at the right hand of God, and we can access that. Oh, Lord, forgive me for the times I don't access that. It's there. Hold on to that hope. It's an anchor for the soul, right? Praise God. Uh, Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 23. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through the flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Right? He's there. Right? Amen. Praise God. God, that is so encouraging. What an assurance of faith. What an anchor. That's the hope our world is begging for. You know, from, from the moment of conception, Cindy and I were talking about this the other day, we believe that human beings, God's creation, from the moment of conception, there's two things we long for. We long to be loved, and we long to be accepted. And the only place you're ever going to get that love and that acceptance is through God. He loved us so much. He loved us so much that he gave us Christ. And now we have this hope. And it's, boy, I mean, that's the kind of hope the world needs. We need to be sharing that kind of hope, right? It's, it's just amazing. Turn to Romans 8.34. Let's look at that one real quick, too. I tried to pick verses that I could find real quick. So it's it's kind of nice. Who is to condemn? He's asking that like, well, not Jesus. Jesus isn't the one to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. The resurrection plays huge in this, folks. And where is he at? He's at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Yeah, I could, Guys, we, we, we could go through scripture after scripture after scripture on this. We just don't have the time this morning. Jesus is in the very presence of God. He's resurrected. He has sent the Holy Spirit to us to empower us, and he's pleading and interceding on our behalf. We have got a world out there that is just begging for hope, and they're not going to find it anywhere unless they get Jesus in their life. And that is a huge task for us, and I think right now, as Living Waters entering this new season, we need to really be mindful of that hope that we want to be sharing. Absolutely very mindful of it. Okay, let's look at another passage that talks about this hope. Let's go to 1 Peter. Yeah. See, now we're getting into the Greg, you got to search territory. That's good. That's always good. 
1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3, uh, 3 through 9. Let's go 3 through 9. Born again to a living hope is the title that ESV puts to this section. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Yikes! Wow! Wow! Let's go on and read here a little more. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do, though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible inexpressible joy, and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That is a living hope. Did you know that because of what Jesus Christ has done? Of course you know that. We have an inheritance. We have an inheritance. Those outside of Christ don't have this inheritance. Look how, look how it's described here. It's an inheritance that is impossible perishable. It cannot perish. We've already talked about how it's been guaranteed by God with an oath. It is undefiled. Oh, how, many, how, how many here have inheritance coming in this, in this world, right? Trust me, it's going to pass. Yeah, you're thinking of your, your glorious parents. I'm talking about what maybe, uh, you know, maybe your mom's got 50 bucks in the checking account, right, mom? Yeah, that kind of inheritance, right? <laughs> you know, that is... A, Inheritance that fades. It is temporary. This is an inheritance that is imperishable. It's undefiled. I love this one, unfading. It can't fade. It just cannot fade. It is just glorious, and it stays glorious. It also says that where, just like it did with the oath, it is secured in heaven. <laughs> I mean, people, this is some serious hope here. This is a living, real eternal hope. I think we're getting a picture here of what we got, right? Pretty soon we're going to be talking about what we need to do in sharing this thing, right? It also says it's guarded by God until it will be revealed in the last time. Oh, glorious day that's going to be. And what's interesting about that, you know, he goes on to say, in relation to that, he starts talking about the unseen, this is a really important principle, actually, when you're talking about faith or hope. It's, it, we see it in the Bible all the time. Basically, folks, if you can see it, it's not hope. It's just not hope. And, and I mean, you know, originally my brain was going, yeah, that doesn't make sense to me, you know. Well, there's a lot of things that don't make sense to me sometimes, but God is in control. And so I, I want to look at that, you know, just, just a little bit. Um, you know, he talks in here, though you have not seen him, we haven't seen him, but we love him. 
Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. Right? We're talking about the unseen there. Uh, oh, we're doing great on time. Let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. I mean, everybody knows this, 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 this verse fairly dang well, right? Um, you know, the, the famous faith chapter. And cha- verse 1 of, of, of Hebrews 11 tells us what faith is. But you cannot even describe what faith is unless you put it in the context of hope. We know that you know, faith, hope, and love, those are the three things that remain, and love is the greatest. But, but, but when you talk about faith, you can't even define what faith is, as we look in verse 1 here, unless you put it in the context of hope. 11.1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, for the conviction of things not seen. The NLT says, the reality, the reality that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it. That's what hope is. It's the reality of knowing. It's, it's that anchor. It's that assurance that even though we can't see it, we know it's waiting for us. That's the kind of hope. That's the kind of hope we can rejoice in and we need to share. Right? Let's look at another verse real quick. Uh, Romans 8, 24. Mom and I were talking about this in the kitchen the other day. She said, oh, if you're talking about hope, you've got to go to Romans 8.24. I said, I know, Mom. We will. All right? Romans 8.24. For in this hope, we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. That's important. That's important, guys. Don't miss out on that. That patience that comes in. That assurance that we have. That hope that is out there. And let's look at one more. This is for my brother John Har over there. Uh, 2 Corinthians, John, chapter 4. We've got to go there, don't we? I know this verse, guys. You know, John Har is a survivor of cancer, esophageal cancer. He has survived so long, they don't even put him on the charts. I'm not kidding you. That's amazing, right? He just wanted to go home to see the Lord, and the Lord just said, nope, dude, I'm going to show him, right? That's how long he survived. I mean, on the charts, if you look at that type of cancer, they break it down by month, right, for survivors. I, I, I don't know, he's eight, nine years, I don't know, long time, right? But he said this was very important to him uh, when he was in the hospital. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 16 through 18. Once again, we're getting into the unseen here again, right? I just want to dwell on the unseen here a little bit. So, we do not lose heart, because we have hope. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. These bodies are corruptible. They're failing. They're failing. But... Inside, we're getting renewed day by day until the time we receive that incorruptible, glorious body because of the hope we have in Christ. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal 
weight of glory beyond all comparison. I don't even know how to define it. It's, just, it's beyond anything you can compare to, people. That's the type of glory we're talking about here. As we look not to the things that are seen, that's not what we're looking at here, folks. We're not looking to things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. That's the hope we have. That's the difference. When, when folks who don't know Jesus yet, that are in that hopelessness, they're looking at the things they can see. They're putting hope in things that are temporary, things that'll fail. They're not looking at the unseen. This is really an important principle in hope and to our faith. So I just wanted to spend a little time, um, you know, diving into that a little bit. And let's jump back over to 1 Peter real quick. Because there's one last thing I want to share in 1 Peter. <laughs> because, man, I'll tell you what, this becomes a problem for us sometimes. And we've got to be real careful. Look at the very end of that. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy, with joy, with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith and the salvation of your souls. People, this is the kind of joy that only a hope in Christ offers. This is real joy. It's inexpressible. And the world right now is trying to steal our joy. It's trying to take it away from you. All right? Don't let this world and this culture, this fallen world we're living in, and the fear that they're experiencing, and the hopelessness that they're in, don't let that steal your joy. All right? We have so much to rejoice in. It's unbelievable. And it's getting a little harder because they're getting a little more fearful out there. They're getting, they're just, they're getting scared. They don't know what's going on. And sometimes we get caught in the crossfire on that, and if we turn on the TV or the radio for too long, we start thinking we're in a hopeless situation, and we're not. Never let go of that joy. Turn your eyes to the God of all creation, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and just start worshiping the Lord. And I'm telling you, that joy is going to fill you. And it's going it's to remind you who is in control of what we're going through right now, and that that joy, don't, do not let them steal it. I'm, I'm telling you, Things are happening every day, and I go, what? I never, I didn't see that one coming. Every day. It's just, it's just like exponential. It just keeps getting worse and worse. But don't let that steal your joy. We have an eternal hope here. It's the hope the world needs, right? I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but I really want to get, get this across, okay? So we know we've got that hope, and we know how real that hope is, we know how special that is. So what do we do now? I mean, this is a glorious living hope. People, we have to share it. We have got to. It's time. I mean, we've been through this. I, I really do believe God has been setting us up, getting us ready, bringing so many different people into this body to start sharing the hope of Christ. It's time to start saving our valley. It's time to start bringing hope to the hopeless. They need it. They, they, oh, they need it so bad. Uh, you know, the, the, because of the facilities we have, I can't believe of all the different ministries that we can offer folks now. All the different things that we can do. But folks, it's not for being busybodies. 
It's not so that we can all walk around and go, wow, look at this cool new building, right? No, 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 no. Our mission is to bring hope to the hopeless. We need to share it. So when we look at that, I want to go back to something actually that I talked about last time I preached. Last time I preached, I talked about us having a practicing faith and how important that is because if we don't have a practicing faith, a faith where we're doers of the word, a faith that involves works like James would say, it becomes a dead faith and we are not going to mature and grow in Christ and we are, the things of the word are not revealed to us more. We're not maturing, we're not growing. We have to have a practicing faith to do that. We talked about that last time. Well, that practicing faith begins and starts with Jesus Christ. It starts with Jesus Christ. And the, and the reason it starts with Jesus Christ, it's almost like a, a, a logical step here, right? We know to have a practicing faith that's going to change lives where we can share hope, we have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. That's why Christ sent it. That's why you are filled with it. Well, if we know we can't have a practicing faith without the Holy Spirit, you can't have the Holy Spirit without turning your life over to Jesus Christ. It starts with Jesus. When you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you become filled with the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit marks you. It, it, it says, bam, it's like a stamp on your forehead. God says he belongs to me. She belongs to me. They're guaranteed. They're mine. And I'm going to empower them to do my work. That Holy Spirit is so, and that comes at the point of when you give your life to Christ. It is so important. And so we have to accept Jesus. We get filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we start becoming doers of the word. You know, we get that justification when we accept Jesus. But now, now we go through the sanctification process. But you have to have a practicing faith to grow in the Lord. It, 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 it's, it's, it's so important. Let's, let's, oh, man, we're doing so good on time, I can't help it. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. We're into, and, I, you know, I know a lot of you folks are probably very familiar with this verse, but doggone it, we're going to look at it again. Very important. This is important to our faith because we understand when, when we accept Jesus Christ what happens. Listen to what it says. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. In him you also, when you heard, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. When? When you heard, a word, when you heard the, the word and when you believed. At that point, when you heard and you believed and you surrendered to Christ, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Who is what? Who is the guarantee of our inheritance. We've already talked about our inheritance. That guarantees it until we acquire possession of it. We don't see it yet, but we know it's coming. It's that hope, all right? To what? To the praise of his glory. That Holy Spirit, folks, is important. Understanding, so that's why it starts with Jesus. That's where, that's where the hope is going to come from. It's through Christ and Christ alone. There's no other way. There's absolutely no other way one can receive that hope. So, that brings us really to the last point that we're going to talk about here this morning. You know, how do we really effectively share that hope? You know, there's all kinds of wonderful programs out there um, and different approaches here, but here's the bottom line. The scriptures tell us very clearly over and over and over again. Jesus tells us over and over and over again 
that we are called to love and serve others. I mean, I, you know, it, it's, just, it's just everywhere in there. The thing that kind of bugs me about this a little bit is the world's tried to steal this from us, all right? Because the world, secular do-gooders as I call them, they believe in loving and serving others. They really want to go out there and help those in need. But what they don't believe in is Jesus Christ. So they are, they are not giving them one iota of hope. They're filling their bellies. They're doing some things that need to be done that we should be doing. We should be out doing them in that in every area as a church. We should be putting these secular organizations to shame when it comes to taking care of those who are in need. Right? When it comes to taking care of kids that need a foster home. Right? Man, I'm so encouraged by the amount of parents we have in this church that take foster kids. That's serving and that is loving. Okay? Um, and there are so many scriptures on that. Let's just, let's just go to one. I don't, you know, let's go to 1 John um, chapter 4. Serving and loving others. Nineteen through twenty-one. This is this is a really good one on love, and boy, there's plenty of them. There's no there's no lack of scriptures on this. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, here we go again, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. You're going to find that everywhere in Scripture, folks. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must, must, must also love his brother. Very, very important. Jesus tells us in John chapter 13 that, you know, you need to love others as I have loved you. Every time I read that, I go, oh. I mean, if we can even come close to that, that'd be impressive. That's almost as scary as when Jesus says, hey, Guys, love your wife like I love the church. Huh. Really? Serious stuff, right? That's love. And, and if, scripture on service, I mean, the best one really for me is the washing of the feet. That's where Christ really set that example. When he washes the disciples' feet, the Son of God bears an apron and starts wiping the dirt off those disciples' feet and says, listen, now you guys do this. Serve others. But here's the key to this whole approach. This loving and serving others is really good. And I've even heard people say, hey, that's right. Just let your, your message, let your sermon be your actions. Just let them see you loving and serving them. And I've got to tell you, the thing that connects us all together is the greatest act of love of all that we can do as bearers of hope, and that is we have to verbally tell them about Jesus Christ. They need to know where that hope is. They, they have to know that. And we are called to share that hope. It's that simple. You know, all of our programs at Living Water, and I've, I, you know, I wrote down a list of them you know, that, we're, that we're involved in now. Every one of these different ministries, they're designed to serve and love on others, but they're at any point within that ministry, we have to make sure we are telling them your only hope is in Christ. 
Your only hope is in Christ. That is the difference between us and the secular ones out there that are helping others and loving on others. You know, I've talked to these folks. Oh, yeah, we, you know, you, you guys, we're like the church. We, we, we do what Jesus did, Seth told us to do. You know, we feed the hungry. We put shelter over those who don't have a home. We clothe the naked. Give water to the thirsty. We do all these things that they're asking for. But I says, well, really? Do you, do you, have you guys ever read John 14, 6? Do you like that, what, what Jesus says there? He says, I am the only way. Well, no, that's way too inclusive. Well, then you're missing, you're missing the, whole, the whole ball of wax. I mean, you, you, it's, it's, you're missing it completely. You're not bringing them hope. So any ministry we have going on here at Living Water, we want to serve and love others, and that's our goal, but we want to tell them, we want to tell them about Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 14. Let's go there real quick. This is you know, a pretty darn popular passage, especially for missionaries. You know, uh, when, when we start talking about the fact, well, listen, if we don't tell them about Jesus, they're not going to know Jesus. And if we don't send them to tell them about Jesus, they're not going to know Jesus, right? We have to have that missionary attitude. Is that the right verse? Let's see here. Yeah, it is. I'm just in Hebrews. Okay. I was like, wow, that doesn't look right, people. Man, something's wrong. Hey, you folks out there that take a while to find a verse, you've got to like it when I preach, right? Because it takes me a while. That's a good thing. 1014. How then, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? People, we have to tell them about Jesus. We just can't love him and serve him. I mean, yeah, our life is a testimony. And part of that testimony is there that opportunity will arise. You know what? I have a hope that's eternal. It's living. That hope is in Christ alone. That's all you need. That, that opens the doors. Plant the seed. Just plant the the seed. We don't do the saving. The Holy Spirit does that. God's called on us to share the hope. And so when we get involved in all these different things, you know, a lot of times it's really important for the body to grow and encourage one another. And a lot of the things we do are important within this body that do that, the community groups and all those different things. But even within your community group, you don't, you, you don't know. You need to talk about it. Right here in this congregation, this morning, I don't know. You could, be, you, you could be coming to church every Sunday, and you could still be living in hopelessness if you have not given your life to Christ. It's just that simple. They need to hear the word. So, I mean, guys, look, we're moving into 2023. We have children's ministry, Bible studies, community groups, rain youth group, family team events, M&Ms. Hats off to M&Ms. That used to be called mops. You know, you know why they changed it from mops, mothers of preschoolers? It wasn't evangelical enough. They weren't talking about Jesus enough. That's why they changed it. I don't remember what Eminem stands for, but uh, <laughs> there we go. Motherhood and manna. There we go. That's awesome, right? Motherhood and manna. 
You know, the women's ministries, the quizzing programs. Guys, our kids are learning Scripture, and then they're competing over what they have learned about Scripture. That's good stuff, right? College ministry, worship team, nursery. I could go on and on. Um, this summer, we're not doing Eagle Lake. We've decided as a staff and as, um, you know, an elder board this year, we're going to do it in-house, and we're not going to have a big camp, but every Friday in the summertime, we're going to have explorer camps here every Friday during the summer. Those camps will cover things like uh, astronomy, geology, robotics, uh, I, I don't know, archery, knitting, on and on and on. Things that kids get involved in, but we're going to serve and love on them, but there that time will come where we look them in the eye and say, Jesus is the answer to anyone who's in hopelessness. Same way with our children's ministry. I mean, at some point, that's what happens up there. These are all things that are so critical to what we're doing. And I would really challenge everyone here, as we move into 2023, look for those opportunities now. Look at the glorious hope we have. Those opportunities are there. They're there. We need to be prepared to share. Folks, God has equipped us and positioned us so well to do this in this community. Yeah, so, you know, once again, we're, we're getting ready to open that new playground. It's going to be awesome. That's not so we can stand there and go, wow, look at that thing. You know, no, no. That's to serve and love others and to bring moms and kids into this church that don't know Jesus and introduce them to Jesus. To bring them hope. Okay? That's so, so I, 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 what I want to challenge you with. If you're not involved in anything right now, pray about it. And say, hey, you know what? I need, to start, I need to start sharing this glorious hope. And I tell you, beyond the church, there's plenty of opportunities. In your workplace, God will lead you into those opportunities. Be ready to share that hope. And I, and I don't know. Maybe this morning, somebody came through those doors, and they're sitting in here right now. And they are in hopelessness. I do not want you to walk out that door in hopelessness. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the answer. He loves you so much that he doesn't want you living in hopelessness. He's the answer. He's the solution. I got Romans 10 right in front of me. I'm going to read You know what? I'm going to read it out of my old trusty here. Let me read you Romans Go back to Romans 10 real quick. We're going to go to verse 8, and I'm just going to read this to you. If you're in hopelessness, if you haven't really made up your mind on Jesus Christ, I want you to listen to this for a minute, okay? Romans 10, 8. For, for salvation that comes from trusting Christ, which is what we preach. You know how we sang about the gospel this morning? That's the gospel of hope. From trusting Christ is what we preach is already within easy reach of us. In fact, it is near as our own hearts and our mouths. For if you tell others with your own mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord and believe in your own heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in his heart that a man becomes right with God and with his mouth he tells others of his faith, confirming his salvation. For the scriptures tell us that no one who believes in Christ will ever be disappointed. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They all have the same Lord who generously gives his riches to all those who ask him for them. Anyone 
anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's as close as your, your, your mouth and your heart. You need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and you need to confess it. There's a repentance that's, that's involved here, because you realize, man, I've been in rebellion. But, but, but it's, 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 you cannot work your way there. There's nothing you can do to get you up to God. God has come down to you. He knows what's going on in your life. He understands your hopelessness. He loves you so much that he gave Jesus Christ, his one and only begotten son, so that you could have eternal, living, everlasting, glorious hope, a hope that has an inheritance. You don't have to leave here in hopelessness. In fact, I'm going to invite you this morning. If you want to come up here, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to tell you about this Jesus. You know what? Maybe we'll need to meet two or three times. I don't know, right? Maybe it'll happen right here this morning. But you don't have to live in hopelessness anymore because I don't care what the world tells you. It's not your job. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not sports. None of those things are going to bring the hope that you're begging for, the love and the acceptance that you want so bad. The only thing that's going to bring that in your life, God's word tells us clearly, and the testimony of it is sitting here this, this morning. It is Jesus Christ. He is the answer. We need to share that answer. And boy, this morning, if you're, if you're in hopelessness, you know, we're getting ready to sing another song. Um, I invite you. Uh, you can do it while the song is playing. You can do it after the song. You can come see me during the week. I don't care. At some point, there is a confession, just like it talks about here in Romans. You're saying, yes, I choose Jesus. Yes, I believe in Jesus. And that is when you become justified and you enter into the journey of becoming sanctified. And God has his hand upon your life. So, once again, I would love to visit with you. And I'll tell you what, there could be somebody out there that's already accepted Christ. And you're feeling pretty hopeless this morning. I'll tell you what, I have backslidden in my walk many times, brothers and sisters. And I have felt pretty darn hopeless during that journey. If you're experiencing that this morning, heck, man, come down here and let's pray about it. Because let's just talk about the inheritance you have, the eternal living hope that you have. Let's talk about recommitment. Let's talk about getting engaged. Let's get ready. Let's get ready to start sharing hope with the hopeless out there in our valley. They desperately need it so bad.